Hey guys, guess what? Even though Crosby scored, we still won. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Kaniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we are back with another episode of the Kaniac Report. And yes, it is just me, obviously Sam Wallace. Uh, but what a great win last night as I'm recording this. A 4-2 to win against Pittsburgh. A prediction that my dad ex- had predicted right before the game started. So props to him. Uh, but yeah, great win for Carolina. I thought it was a must win because you're going up another well, going up against another divisional rival against Pittsburgh, and they do it. They win. Although um, I still think uh, we can – well, I would say I still think we are able to play even better than the Pittsburgh game. I, I, I kind of view the Tampa game as a model of just how good we are, in my opinion. Uh, but we're going to go through the, the uh, game here uh, just for this episode. And this is the start, if you guys have not heard from our last episode, this is the start of our uh, upcoming new schedule for our podcast, Mondays and Fridays. Now, this week, there's an exception. With Thanksgiving on Thursday, there's not going to be an episode on Friday. Um, probably poor timing by us by... Right now, just releasing the new podcast schedule, but it is going to be Monday and Fridays from here on out, unless there is a holiday like Thanksgiving, like Christmas, uh, that is uh, on the day before we release an episode or or on the exact day that we we release an episode. So that's going to be the schedule moving forward. If you have not listened to our latest episode, if you haven't, please listen to our latest episode. Uh, We dive a little bit deep into the schedule format. Uh, But if you haven't, a little update for you. Um, So yeah, it's just me here. Uh, Sam Driscoll is not going to be on this episode because it's just going to be me talking about the Pittsburgh game and Sam was not able to watch the Pittsburgh game. So it's just going to be me, uh, but we are going to run through the game and then uh, obviously we'll have a place for our sponsors and then uh, I'm going to give you guys my three stars of the game. I'm going to try and remember it this time. I remember the last time I completely forgot about it. So I have it on my show notes here. I'm going to try and remember to do three stars. And then there's something at the end that I just want to tell you guys on because it's based on one of my favorite Hurricane players. And I believe that if it's even... Um, I think it's just a great thing that Slavin's doing. But I'll get to that at the end of the episode. Uh, so, uh, the Pittsburgh game, a uh, great game for Carolina. I thought it was a lot better, a lot better than the Philadelphia game. Uh, so for the Philadelphia game, this is kind of what I thought happened. Philadelphia game. I didn't think there was a lot heart, a lot of heart in that game. Uh, now, interestingly enough, I thought their best game during that Philadelphia game was, Early in the first period, before Philadelphia scored, 
that goal that I think PK, I'm going to call him PK, I guess that's his nickname now for Kachekov, uh, allowed that bad goal because I think he should have stopped that. But once that first goal went in Philadelphia, I didn't think Carolina had a lot of heart personally when I saw that game. And to me, that was just discouraging to see, especially after a 4 nothing shutout win against Tampa. Like us fans are wondering, why is this team so jackal and hide right now? So obviously we go into Pittsburgh. And the performance that we saw was a lot better because I thought they had lots of heart. I thought the player that really wore it on his sleeve the most was Ajo. I, f- I thought Ajo got a little bit angry a little bit during that game. And I'm telling you, I love angry Ajo. I wish we can get more of angry Ajo. Uh, but I thought Ajo played a very good game. Now, there are a couple of players that I did not think played good. Um, I know in the first period, and I'll go ahead and bring up the uh, game here as I am recording this, but uh, power play, when it came to it, wasn't really that good until Burns scored, but we will get to that. But I remember in the first period, our first power play, when D'Angelo had the puck, he kind of mishandled it. And Brian Rust gets a breakaway. He doesn't score. He hits the post. He beats he beats Ronta, though, as Ronta did start this game. And thankfully, uh, Pittsburgh doesn't um, get a huge lead. Because I think at that point, and I'm going to... I got to bring this up here. <laughs> this game up. But... Um, yeah, I think it was after, I believe, yes, or no, it was in the second period, I believe. No, I think it was in the second period. Uh, so, but first period, obviously, you have Sidney Crosby scoring. Now, you could blame that on D'Angelo. Here's the thing, though. I think D'Angelo's purpose and I think Adam Gold kind of already already reiterated this, is the fact that D'Angelo was brought in to help on the power play and help with the offensive side of the puck. He's not good defensively. Now, here's the thing, though. Because D'Angelo was guarding Sidney Crosby. Um, I know he's Sidney Crosby, and he's one of the best players ever. And I know D'Angelo definitely has his defensive miscues, but that does not excuse him from not blocking out Crosby well enough to try and get the puck. Because Crosby was pretty wide open on that pass, and he scores on Ronta. I wasn't a big fan of that defensive play by D'Angelo, but I was willing to live with it knowing that that was not the reason why we brought him in. Again, no excuse there. He should have defended well. But I'm willing to... I'm not saying I live with it. It's just I I know that's going to happen more than what we saw with D'Angelo messing with the puck on the power play that led to the Brian Rust breakaway... Well, not... Well, breakaway chance, I would say. Not breakaway goal. So that's my whole thing on D'Angelo. And listen, I know there's a lot of... You either love or you hate D'Angelo. 
And here is my point on him. I know my co-host Sam Driscoll, he loves D'Angelo. And you know what? If he does, that is completely fine with me. But I go by the philosophy of whoever is the best player right now. And it seems right now, with the way how the defensive core is, is that you either, you either have D'Angelo or you have Traffield in the lineup. Because you're not sitting Orlov. That's a $7 million player that you're paying. You're not going to sit him. So it's going to be one of those two. Um, I think Chadfield still is the better all-around player than D'Angelo. The thing is, I think Bryn Moore really likes D'Angelo because of the offense that he brings, even though he wasn't really, to me, noticeable on the power play tonight. Now, that was just last night against Pittsburgh. So, I, I, I mean, he's not going to probably deliver that every game, but hopefully that was a one-off. And I think it is, because I think D'Angelo is very gifted offensively. He's a great skater. Uh, that's one thing that I really like about both Chaffield and D'Angelo. And I think that's something that they have in common, is that they are both great skaters. Uh, so, obviously, D'Angelo and Orloff were the pair starting the game. But it was in the second period, which we'll get to here, where that pair was split up. And to be honest... I am a full advocate of that uh, because it was that pair that was on the ice along with the fourth line. And when I saw that that pair was on the ice with the fourth line against Sidney Crosby's line, I was like, oh boy, this is not good. Um, and I think if you run the D'Angelo Orlov pair, one, I think it's already gotten to the point to where it, I just don't think it works to be honest. And I think if you do put that pair together, I would rather Brennan Moore deploy that pair with the line of the stall line. Because of all the lines that the Hurricanes have, that's the line that has the better defense, to be honest, in my opinion. So if Orlov and D'Angelo were on the ice together, I'd rather have them on the ice with the stall line. I just would so that you can mitigate the lapses that they've had in the past this regular season. So, in the second period, uh, Pittsburgh's up one to nothing, and us fans, we're, we're getting agitated with this team. Trust me, I was agitated with this team. Um, I know I'd probably call them the tropical depression from time to time last night. But eventually, Ajo scores. And it was just a great play from both Jarvis and Teravinen. As Jarvis, he passes it to Teravinen in the mid slot, and Teravinen passes it to Ajo as Ajo uh, kind of sneaks around the Penguins' defense and finds himself a good spot to shoot the puck, and he does, and he scores. What a great, great play. I thought that line was actually pretty good. I thought Ajo and Jarvis were probably a little bit more noticeable than Teravinen, but Teravinen I didn't think was bad. So um, overall, I thought that line was very good. I also thought the stall line was really good. They just can't score. And that's kind of, of the uh, beef that I have with um, the stall line is that 
I think we might be getting to the point, and it's still early in the season. For all we know, at some point during the season, as it goes along, we could see the stall line producing points. But right now, uh, they're not really producing a lot of points. And I think if you're not producing a lot of points, but still doing very good defensively, heck, I think Jesper Foss is leading this team in plus minus with the plus five, I believe. So that line is still doing good defensively. And I think because of that, I think that probably needs to kind of maybe be a fourth line type of role, even though Brennamore's not going to number his lines. And obviously, I agree with him. I think as a coach, you shouldn't number your lines. You just, you should just, just have lines. Um, but, of course, lines are numbered because of ice time. So, the stall line, I thought, did really good overall. And then, in the third period, that's when I thought we really saw a lot of action. But before we get to that third period, let's get to our sponsor. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boo Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 23. All rights reserved. It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? Especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on now. You've heard me talk about Raycon products before like one of their noise-canceling features, which I find is very, very helpful. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their 5-star review Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices 8 times faster with 100-watt power delivery. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. No wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of 5-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, 
Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site, with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buy Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Okay, the third period. This period was, I thought, really wild. And looking back on this game, I thought Carolina probably played their best period, I thought, in the second period. Because third period, I thought, was all over the place. One moment, you have Pittsburgh having a lot of momentum, and then they turn the puck over, and then Carolina gets it. They have a lot of momentum. Um, A couple things, too, I've noticed, especially heading into that third period, is I didn't think D'Angelo had his best game, but I think that is, to me, more of a one-off than that being his actual performance. And I thought Natchez had a rough game. Uh, There were so many times where uh, Natchez has turned the puck over. The Natchez that we saw, I thought, last night was Natchez that we saw two seasons ago where he was just turning the puck over constantly, constantly, and constantly. Um, Natchez, I'm telling you, when he is on, I think he is one of the best players on this team. But when he is not on his game, he hurts you. And that hurting mentality kind of even though I didn't think it cost us um last night it definitely I think hurt our ability of getting the puck out of our own zone because he just he just kept turning the puck over especially in the neutral zone too and that just had a rough game he really did but into the third period uh you have Burns scoring from Slavin and Svechnikov Good for uh, Burnsy of getting a goal. He needs to produce probably a little bit more. I'm happy that he is uh, scoring a little bit more now. He scored in the Tampa game, and now he's scoring in Pittsburgh game. That's two goals in three games. So that's pretty good for Burns to get his confidence up because I think he's doing pretty good now. I really think he's getting better offensively, and it was a great bomb from the points. Just great. And I thought there was good net front presence, too. So Burns, he gets a goal. He ties it. And that's an assist from Slavin and Svechnikov. And Svechnikov has a good assist that he has right there. At some point, though, we need to see Svech start scoring some goals. And I think once he scores his first goal, even though we thought he scored his first goal last night... I think he can go on a tear. Because he can be a little bit streaky like Ajo can although I think Aho is getting a little bit better with his streakiness than Svetch's. So with Svetch, obviously uh, we think he has a great goal. It was a great snipe. It really was, but if we found out and I, I agree with the call, I thought it was offsides. And that's usually the thing now, I think in today's NHL. Uh, that whenever a coach challenges a goal for an offsides call or with the puck being offsides, 
it's it, it's going to be probably reversed and it being a no goal and it's it actually is offsides because refs don't want to sorry not refs but coaches don't want to mess that up because if they mess that up that's two minutes in the penalty box and they don't want that so I think for now one what we're seeing now with these uh, coach coaches challenges of. Uh, offsides is that if they see it, they're going to call it, and most likely it's going to be right. So that was really unfortunate. Natchez, I did not think he, I really didn't think he had control of the puck when he stepped into the uh, offensive zone because I did think he was offsides. I thought that was the right call. I hate it for Svetch, but. Um, who knows? Maybe Svetch will give uh, Natchez a hard time because uh, he was offsides there. That'd be funny. <laughs> so that was unfortunate. And then you have Crosby scoring again to tie the game. And we're all like, oh, no. That goal that Svechnikov had that was reversed could have costed us. Because I was thinking that. I was like, this isn't good. But then Carolina started to gain a little bit more momentum on their side of things. And it is Jarvis having a great tip-in from Slavin and Burns. So that's two points for Burns during that Pittsburgh game. Very happy. And Slavin, I think, has two points too. Uh, Just amazing. I think he's going for the Norris Trophy, in my opinion. Uh, But Jarvis, he uh, gets a great... Tip and goal. I really thought he had a very, very good game. I th- and honestly, I think the past few games, Jarvis has kind of been, uh, I would say, a little bit invisible. Uh, there have been a couple of times to where I think he has had defensive lapses. I think of the Noah Dobson goal against the Islanders where he could have defended well. I, um, I know there was another goal. I can't remember off the top of my head. But... I was just like, Jarvis, you've got to defend a bit better. Uh, but I thought he played great against Pittsburgh, and I was really happy. I really was. And then you have Jarvis scoring again on an empty net, and leading up to that, obviously, Pittsburgh, um, Pittsburgh's Eric Carlson tripped Ajo. And I thought they would have awarded Ajo a goal there, I thought, because empty net, if he wasn't tripped, he was probably going to get the goal, but they didn't award him, which I thought was a little bit strange, but they just did a two-minute power play, and Pittsburgh pulled Jari again, and at that point, Jarvis was able to get the empty net goal. That's his second of the game. And that was all she wrote. That is a 4-2 to win for Pittsburgh. Um, another player I want to talk about, I thought Ronto was excellent. To me, Ronto deserved my first star. He made so many great saves that kind of kept Carolina in the game because I thought there were some points to where Carolina was not managing the puck well this game. And Ronto really just bailed us out. So he... so. A little sneak peek, he might be in my three stars coming up. But that was just a great 4-2 win. We really needed that. The question is, though, is now 
you have to, I think, as the Hurricanes need to build upon this win. They need another good streak. And I know they've won seven out of their last ten, which is great. But you, but with the way the standings are, I mean, other than the Rangers, uh, who have mainly just locked up, I thought, a playoff spot in the Metro because they are playing amazing. Other than that, the other two positions are up to grasp. And I think Carolina now is their chance to go on a good winning streak so they can lock up a playoff spot in the Metro. Now, I would love for Carolina to be a Metro division champs because I think whoever they play at number three is going to give them a headache. And I think number three, to be honest, even though they're not in a playoff position right now, I still think they're at they're just as talented, and that's New Jersey. The only thing with New Jersey, though, is that they need to get better at defending, and their goaltending isn't looking that good. So Carolina needs to seize on this opportunity. They need to build on it. You play Edmonton Wednesday, and you've got to build upon this win. You got I, I say it will be a great time because we're on this five-game homestand, is build upon this win and get the next three games where you play your heart out and take it game by game by game approach, obviously. But win the next three games. Because the next three games are the last uh, three games of this homestand. You play Edmonton. You play Tampa on Friday. And on Sunday uh, is your last home game on this five-game homestand, which I think is critical. And that's Columbus. I think they can beat all those teams. On paper, uh, sorry, on paper, they are that talented. The question is, will they? Because I think they can. But we've seen so far this season, I mean, we're 16 games, 16 or 17 games into the season. And I can't say other than the Tampa game to where they have been just dominant. They've, they've had some issues. But that's why I have this thing called cautious optimism. I think they can do it. Will they? I just don't know. Um, and I think a huge factor is probably splitting Orloff and D'Angelo. I think they need, I think Brendan Moore needs to. I, listen, I love the top four defense pairs. I do. But I just think for the sake of Orlov and D'Angelo, you got to separate them. And you can't be afraid to, to mix up your D pairs, especially if that third pair is not doing good. So that's my opinion on the whole thing. Now we're going to get to three stars of the game. So my third star is going to be Brent Burns. I thought Burns was excellent. I thought he was wonderful. Uh, there are a couple of honorable mentions because I thought there are other players like um, Jarvis who didn't make it. Um, I I think if Jarvis was the third, second, or first star, I am completely fine with that. But I'm giving Burns my third star because uh, Burns, I thought, needed a game like this, and he's doing a lot better offensively. Again, two goals in the past three games. That is excellent. I love for him to keep on that pace. So Burns gets my third star. My second star, I am going to give that 
to Ajo. I thought Ajo was amazing. I thought at some point, I think it was probably, I thought it was at the start of the second period, to be honest, where I thought Ajo got angry. And I love seeing that. We need to see more of angry Ajo. And he, and I think out of all the players on this team, I think he wears his heart on his sleeve the most. And I think that's good because he's going to be a future captain. After that huge contract that he signed this past offseason, he's going to be, I think, the future captain. And I like seeing that those qualities of wearing the heart on your sleeve mentality on these captains. So Aho, he gets my second star. I thought he was really, really good. And he got, I believe two points tonight, both. uh, Well, actually no, a goal and an assist. He got an assist on the empty net goal by Jarvis. And then my first star is Ranta. Cause I thought there were plenty of times where Carolina just wasn't really going. It was all Pittsburgh and Ronta was able to bail them out. And if he wasn't able to bail them out, I thought, honestly, from the way the Hurricanes played that game, I think Pittsburgh could have won it if Ronta wasn't on his game. But he was. So he gets my first star because I thought he was the MVP of the Pittsburgh game. I thought he was just excellent. Good for Ronta. And i probably play Ronta against Edmonton because I thought I think he deserves it. I really do. Now, uh, last couple things, because another thing popped in my head that I want to actually a little bit discuss. Uh, One thing is some NHL news here. Um, A lot of general managers have been talking and discussing on the three-on-three overtime. Apparently, I think they are trying to make the overtime a little bit more excitable. I think is the right word because now if you see how these overtimes have played in the NHL, even us, I would say is that whenever a team has possession, they, they crave that possession. So they're going to go up and down. Um, basically they'll go into the offensive zone and then retrieve back. If there isn't any good options and try to get a good scoring chance off of the rush. Because it's three on three and you have more open space. Um, there have been talks of a shot clock, and I believe a whistle be or basically a play being thrown dead if the offensive t- team or the team carrying the puck uh, goes in, back into the neutral zone as a way to regroup. Um, I am not a fan of the later option of blowing the play dead because I think you need to have fewer whistles, especially in an overtime. Uh, But a shot clock, I think, would be interesting. I'm not in favor of it, personally. I, I honestly think it's fine. But shot clocks would be interesting to have, I think, in three on three overtime. But I don't like it. For mainly one reason. And I think it just devalues the possession of... Or the importance of possessing the puck. In my opinion. Because if you're possessing the puck... That means that you have worked to get that puck. And I think just adding a shot clock just devalues it. Because now the other team pretty much has the puck. 
and the team that's defending can be like, oh, we can wait until the shot clock expires and gets the puck. No, I want to see hard work from both teams if they're going to possess the puck. So that's that's my objective there. And I just wanted to talk about that. Another thing, too, um, that I was planning on talking about this is um, obviously if you have not heard from a previous episode that we've done this past offseason, Jacob Slavin is probably my favorite player of all time. Uh, he's a, such a great human being. I've talked to him a couple of times. He's a very nice guy. Um, but if you don't follow him on his socials, he recently released a uh, partnership with, uh, I believe, Fight for Freedom, I think is the, is the name. But basically, he's, wa- he's raising awareness for human trafficking. And I think that is such a great cause to do. I think that is amazing. I think regardless of your religion or uh, race or whatever, I think um, raising social issues like the or raising awareness for social issues like this, I think is amazing because even though I am very blessed to be in this world and in America, there are dark things happening at the same time that I think we need to address. Um, I know I am, I've already donated to his partnership. And I just want to put that out there because I thought that was amazing. And I just thought, hey, you know what? He's a Hurricanes player. And I think it'd be good to uh, just mention that here in this episode. And if, if you guys are wondering of how to get involved and uh, give uh, for that partnership that Slavin has, uh, you can go to his uh, social media, I believe, on Twitter. It's at... Uh, Jay Slavin 74. It's an amazing thing that he is doing. I am very uh, happy that he is doing that and raising awareness on human trafficking. So, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that, but we will see you guys not this Friday because it's Thanksgiving. Hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving, Uh, but we will see you guys a week from today. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.